And today we're turning our attention to the leading lady, Mary. Uh, she was, she was at, that was appropriate, totally appropriate. She's engaged to be married to a good man. His name's Joseph. You know the story. Nothing I'm saying here is new. You're like, yeah, we know this story. We've heard it a lot of times. Um, but I just want to bring out a few things today. Her life was very much like the other girls around her that she would have grown up among. Everything was going as it should until one day, as we know, her life and actually the life of the entire world was changed um, in a moment by the appearance of an actual angel. All right, An actual angel showed up to her. And we're going to pick up the story, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It'll be on the screen as we read this. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth, remember her family member, Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel. So the angels have names. So there's names, okay? Angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. And she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. And Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. I think this was the first Christmas series we ever did, Kevin. I don't know if you preached it or I preached it. I can't remember. But Confused and Disturbed, that was the title of the message. Confused and Disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Confused and disturbed. Now, all the angels, right, they're, they're all, all over the Christmas story. Angels are everywhere in this Christmas story. They're appearing to everybody at this time. Uh, they appear to Joseph. They appear to shepherds. Here they're appearing to Mary. Uh, and they're part of our traditions, right? Part of our Christmas traditions. You put angels on the top of your trees. How many of you have an angel on your tree? Some of you do stars. Some of you do angels. Right? How many of you have angel ornaments on your trees somewhere like that? Right? We got angels everywhere. We, we make angel-shaped cookies. Kids sing in angel choirs. We get them little wings. Um, but really when we, th so angels are part of our story. We're familiar with angels. We talk about angels, but really, really, um, they're kind of like more like legend. Like they're part of another world. Like they're not part of our real life. Like, I mean, I don't know how many of you like saw an angel this week and not like, oh, there you're an angel, like, like a real angel. Um, have you ever seen an angel? And I, I, and, and if you want to raise your hand, it's okay. That'll be the people around you will ask you later about it. Um, I've never seen an angel, like, for real. I have no idea what they look like. But I'm sure there's no question when you see an angel that you're like, you ain't from around here. Like, if you see an angel, it's like, that's, okay, that's a little different. That's a little different. Um, so when we read these stories, it can be really hard to put ourselves in Mary's place because we haven't experienced that. I don't, I mean, there's a lot of times when you're reading Scripture and you'd be like, okay, I can kind of, I can kind of put myself in their shoes. I can kind of feel it. But an angel, I don't know. We just got to guess. We kind of got to guess. So Mary's just going about her day, and an angel taps her on the shoulder and says she's favored by God and that he is with her. And it's understandable that that's a little unsettling. She's, she's, she's confused. She's confused. I don't understand this. And the confusion wasn't that she was having a baby because she hadn't even heard that part yet. Angel hadn't even said that yet. All the angel said was hi. Greetings, favored woman. God is with you. And she's like, oh, I don't understand this. So the confusion had nothing to do about the baby, right? So what's she confused about? Perhaps it's the fact that there's an angel in the room talking to her. Very possible. Maybe she's confused about being told she's favored. If somebody said, hey, favored one, maybe you go, what are you talking about? I don't feel very favored. Maybe, maybe Mary's sitting there going, um, you know, favor means blessing, unmerited good. Maybe she's going, I don't feel favored any more than anybody else. Um, she didn't have special privileges or abundance or uncommon power. Or, you know, there's, I don't, I don't, 
I don't feel favored. I don't know, maybe if somebody said it to you, would you go, I don't know if I feel special. Um, and, and maybe she didn't feel like God was with her. She says, favored one, God is with you. Maybe she's going, I don't, where? where? I mean, like, I, I believe in God. I understand God is out there. I, I believe in God, but I don't feel like God is with me in any unusual way. Um, God didn't come near people at that time, right? I mean, the priests went into the temple. That's, what, that's where God goes. God goes in the temple, and the high priest can go into the holy place in the presence of God only once a year. God doesn't come out to us ordinary, normal, average people. God doesn't do that. So I imagine her looking around like, am I missing something? You're calling me favored. You're calling me, telling me God is here. Like, you're an angel. This is confusing. This is disorienting. I don't even understand the greeting. Like, does not compute. And the angel can tell, and he says to her, verse 30, he says, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. The angel's trying to convince her, he's comfort her. He's like, listen, I know it sounds crazy, but I'm serious. I'm serious. This is real. You actually have the favor of God. No kidding. No kidding. And he continues, verse 31, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, and he will be very great. And he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. So he goes on this whole thing. And Mary would be familiar with the concept of the Messiah. She would have known about the significance of the kingly line of David. That she would have known that Joseph was from that lineage. She's engaged this guy. She understands all of that. None of what the angel says here, that context, wouldn't have been a mystery. She understood it. That would have been understandable. All Jewish children were taught these things. But the angel is saying that she's going to be the one to bring him into the world. That she's going to be the one to be the mother. That she's going to have this child. It's kind of heavy. It definitely got her attention. And through all of this, there's one question on Mary's mind. One, an angel shows up telling her that she's favored, that God is with her, she's going to be the mother of Messiah. And there's one question at the very forefront of her mind. One question, one question only. Here we go, verse 34. And Mary asks the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. And that question tells me, right, but how, that's her question, how? How? That question tells me that Mary's practical. She's logical, right? She's sane. She's rational. She lives in a world of sense. Here's the deal. She's talking to an angel. So she clearly believes in the supernatural. She accepts that. No problem with the angel. She's not like, hey, what's the deal? Are you really an angel? That's not the question on her mind. When it comes to this role that you're saying God has for me, she says, I might be a young lady, but I know how nature works. I understand this. My mom had to talk with me. I can't be having a baby right now. So there's lots of other questions Mary could have asked. A lot of other questions. In this moment, Mary could have asked all sorts of questions. She could have gotten philosophical and said, why me? Why me? She didn't ask that. She could have asked, well, what, what's, what's my family or what's Joseph going to think when I tell him this? But she didn't ask that. Or maybe she said, but when is this going to happen? How is this going to affect my future? Doesn't ask that. She didn't say, well, who's going to believe me? If I say that, she didn't, she didn't ask that. The question that was immediately on her mind is, but how? How? Now listen to the angel's answer. The angel replied, ready? This is the grand. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. I have no idea what that means. 
put yourself in Mary's shoes. If you would have asked how, would that answer satisfy you? Would you go, oh, <laughs> got it. I see now, makes total sense. The Holy Spirit is going to overshadow me. I should have known that. Got it. Sorry for being so dense, you know. The power of God's just going to make it happen. If I'm in Mary's place, that is not a satisfactory answer, right? I would be like, I'd say, you know, I think the angel didn't understand. I'd be like, you know, thank you for that. I really appreciate it. That was, that was great, really. Thank you. Could you be a little more, a little more like, specific? Um, how exactly is this going to happen? Like, it is my body, after all, and it's just going to change my entire life. I mean, no biggie, but, like, can you just give a little more detail than, like, he's just going to overshadow me and it's going to happen? Like, just fill in some of those gaps for me, if you don't mind. But that's just me. <laughs> it's actually not Mary. And her response is recorded for us. And Mary responds, she says, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. And the angel leaves. So if I can put that in my own words, Mary basically said, whatever you say, I mean, I'll trust you. I'm in. Overshadow away. Uh, there's nothing in the text to indicate that Mary had any clearer understanding of how this was going to work out. That there was nothing in the text to say that Mary got her the answer. That like, we can read it. Like that's not an answer. You ever have somebody you ask somebody a question and they answer you and you're like, I mean, I know what you said, but I don't think you answered my question. You talked for a while, but I'm not any closer to understanding than when you started talking. Um, see, there's all these details left unclear. Mary had a general idea of what was going to happen, but to answer the famous question, the question of all questions, no, Mary did not know what was ahead for her. She did not know how Joseph was going to respond. She did not know what her family was going to think. She did not know that they were going to have to move four times in the next few years. She did not know that she would eventually be a widow. She did not know that she would watch her son enthrall crowds of thousands and perform incredible miracles and eventually be arrested and crucified in front of her. She did not know any of those things. She did not know he was going to rise from the dead. Mary didn't know any of those things. And still, she said yes to God. She made herself available for God. And there's one simple takeaway I think that we can glean from Mary's life. Really one very simple thought, and it's this. The presence of God doesn't guarantee us answers to all our questions. Mary's favored by God. The angel confirms that God is with you in extraordinary ways. Favored one of God, the Lord is with you. The presence of God, special. Mary's pretty special in the, in the scheme of history. Like, she kind of stands out, you know, like we said, leading lady. And she's there in the presence of God, and still she has questions. And the presence of God does not make everything clear to Mary. The presence didn't answer all the hows and the whys and the whats that are probably running through Mary's mind. See, I think many times we think that the presence of God means, it implies that there's going to be this sense of absolute understanding when we're, when we're going through life. That if God is really here with me, if God is really in this, then I would understand it all. That for God to be here, I wouldn't have these questions. That the fact that I have questions sort of implies that, that God's not really here or he's not really real, or he's not powerful, that somehow his presence should guarantee us clarity. 
Listen, God can give us understanding. He told Mary what was going to happen. He told Mary when it would happen. He told her why it would happen. He gave her lots of pieces to the puzzle. He fills in a lot of things. Mary, this is a long time coming. It's, it's been prophesied about. You're going to be the mom. You understand it. You understand what's going to happen. It's going to happen to you now. This is what's going to happen. He understands all this stuff, lots of pieces, but he didn't give her all of the answers. See, and this is where faith has to stand up. Because faith doesn't ignore our questions. Faith is very aware of all the questions. I've been following Jesus for decades much longer and if that's the case I feel like I've got more questions now than when I started I hope that doesn't discourage you if you're new to faith (laughs) I have so many questions but what faith also does is choose to trust anyway faith says I don't get this I have so many questions I have no idea what overshadowing means I don't know what this is going to cost me I don't know what the road ahead is going to look like. I don't understand so many things, but I'm the Lord's servant, and may everything you said about me come true. Throughout her life, Mary continually didn't understand things. It wasn't like this was the only moment. Mary didn't understand why shepherds came to visit her baby. So she tucked it away in her head. She pondered these things. Mary didn't understand why wise men came from the east showering gifts. Why are kings walking in, bowing down and giving us things? She didn't understand, oh, I know exactly what's happening here. Fast forward to when Jesus is 12 and Mary and Joseph find him in the temple preaching to the priests. And they're astounded and Mary goes, I don't understand how he knows so much. I don't understand who this kid is. He thinks this is his father's house. Like what? There were times Mary didn't understand what Jesus was doing. She she thought he was losing his mind. You can read. He's doing miracles. He's preaching. He's not even eating. And, And Mary and the brothers are there like, come on out. You've lost it. You've gone too far. She didn't understand all these things. And when her greatest test came, as she watched her son, the boy she raised, nailed to a cross, crucified and ridiculed in front of crowds, she didn't understand what God was doing any better than anybody else there that day. Mary had questions. But here's what Mary did know. The presence of God does guarantee us his power. It doesn't guarantee me answers, but it does guarantee me power. Which is how Mary kept going through all the ups and downs. Which is how Mary had the power to have a baby. And mother that child. And care for that child. And raise that child. And walk that child through life. Which is why after Jesus was resurrected and Mary had seen all that God had done, we're told that she was among those in the upper room with that first church when the Spirit of God was given to them. See, the presence of God didn't answer her questions, but it gave her power to endure through faith. So what? Thank you for that. So what? Maybe today you hear this and say, that's well and good for Mary. That's great for Mary. But I need my questions answered. I mean, I can't trust God until I get a clarity on some of these things here. Like, it's great for Mary, that worked for Mary, but not for me. I need answers. I can't trust God until I know this, this, and this. These things have to be here 
And let me just tell you, if that's you, God hears you and he sees you and he knows what you need to have faith. Remember, God did answer many questions for Mary. Questions aren't bad and it's not wrong. It's natural to have questions. We all have questions. Anybody that tells you they don't have questions, you can check to see if they got a brain. We all have questions. Faith is not about pretending to not have questions or ignoring them or suppressing them. That's not it. But here's the challenge for us today. Christmas Eve, 2023. Are you allowing your unanswered questions to keep you from trusting in God? If in his wisdom, God does not give you all the answers you're looking for, will that keep you from saying yes to him? These past two weeks in our church, we've had a number of pretty incredible things happen. Man, little Andrew's kidney simply healed itself overnight. In a few minutes, you're going to see him up here singing. Maybe not. That's a gift to you. But he'll be in the room. Gordon's surgeon said, I was wrong. There's no cancer. Now, perhaps, perhaps there was no cancer, but maybe there was and God just healed it. We don't know. But we know he's home. Noah couldn't walk. And he's right there. God is doing something. God is good all the time. And at the same time, there are still needs. There are still sick among us. Still hurting people among us. And for every time we see and experience something and that looks and feels like God is at work, we are also left with just as many questions. Why did they get news, get good news, and somebody else did not? How does this all work? When is something like that going to happen in my life? Great for them. I don't want to feel bad for anybody else, but what about me, God? I've got questions. If you have questions, this is the place for you. In the community and the family of faith. But it's not because we have answers for you. It's just because this is a place for people with questions. To be honest, people of faith, we have to acknowledge our questions and choose to put our trust in the God who's greater than the answers. And here's why it matters. Your ability to impact this world for good, your power to do anything that will endure does not come from understanding. It comes from the presence of God being with you. It comes from faith. It does not come from understanding. We're told to have faith like a child. Children don't understand all the things, but they know their father's good. Mary was pretty much a child. If you want to live a life that makes a difference, that leaves the world a better place, that impacts eternity, then that's going to have to come from your willingness to say yes to God even when you don't have answers to all your questions. 
Faith doesn't reduce uncertainty. Faith embraces uncertainty. It wades into it. God is with you even when you don't understand. And that's all you need. Now there's one key thing that Mary did here. As we were reading through this, we read over it quickly, but it's her response to the angel. When confronted with all this, Mary just simply said what? She said, I'm the Lord's servant. And you know what that is? That's a declaration of identity. Mary was reminding herself who she was. At the end of the day, she was not tasked with being God. She was not tasked with knowing everything God knows. She didn't say, I'm I'm the knower of all things. She said, I am the Lord's servant. And honestly, none of us are qualified for being God. It asks too much of us. I know too many people who think they're qualified for the job. They are sorely underqualified. But Mary, like each one of us, says, I'm just a servant of the Lord. God takes care of us. He guides and directs us in the best pathways for our life. He provides, protects, He gives us power. We serve. That's who we are. And He leads. That's who He is. He provides the power. We just show up. You're free to ask God every question that comes into your soul. He's big enough to handle them all. But I want to encourage you. Ask like Mary. But how, God? You're allowed to ask, but ask humbly, recognizing that you may not get an answer. And faith is okay with that. That's faith. It's beautiful, courageous, honest, life-giving faith. And it changes the world when we live it out. The world does not need the church to be people that pretend like we don't have questions, that we've got it all figured out, because they know it's a fraud. They need honest people to say, that's a great question, and that's a great question, and that's a great question, and I don't have answers for that, and I wonder that too, and I'm a mess just like you are, but let me tell you what I have found, that in his presence, there's just power. I can't explain it. I don't understand it, but let me tell you, he's doing things. He's doing things. He's here. That's faith going to close in a word of prayer and then we're going to have the kids come on in and they're going to sing and it's going to be much better than anything I've said it's going to be awesome um, so but would you just bow your heads with me right now as, as they prepare as the kids come on in would you just close your eyes and let's pray Heavenly Father God you see us you see our doubts you see our questions our lack of understanding and you know what that does to us You know the wrestling that goes on in our souls and in our spirits and our minds as we're just wondering how, what, where, when, all the questions. But God, today I ask that as we've heard the story of Mary, we'd be reminded that faith isn't about figuring it all out. It's about choosing to trust even without the answers because you are good enough. We love you. We place our faith in you. It's in your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Hey, guys. You look good. Let's give it up for our kids today. They're going to be singing to us. 
So we're gonna, I'm going to get out of the way. They're going to sing, and then uh, I'm gonna, we're going to receive our offering after that. Um, but I'm going to turn it over to the professionals.